Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 14 through 28. And he, that was Jesus, was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will, he, how his, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own place, his goods are in peace. But when a, strong, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And it happened, as he spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which you nursed. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. We pray. Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. The year was 1781 during the month of October. George Washington and his troops were on the verge of victory. British General Charles Cornwallis had just retreated to Yorktown in order to maintain naval communications. In light of this, George Washington <clears throat> and the American troops took to Yorktown by land and by sea. For a period of about three weeks, the Americans had the British pinned. Surrounded, outnumbered, low on food, Cornwallis surrendered his army on October 19th. This time, known as the Siege of Yorktown, marked the end of the Revolutionary War. In this battle, the strong British encampment was conquered by the stronger American siege, resulting in success from the, of independence from the British throne. We celebrate such independence once a year during the summer, but this isn't the only form of independence which we celebrate. We celebrate a much greater independence formally every Sunday, but all the time as Christians. This independence is the one granted to us when Satan, the strong, was conquered by Jesus, the stronger. Satan, who once had possession of our hearts, was cast out by Jesus Christ, who laid siege to Satan's fortress in our hearts by the power of Calvary's cross. He also uses his word to convey this wonderful fact so that we may obtain salvation. So then, our theme, the stronger conquers the strong, 
by his power and his word. So our text for today opens with Jesus casting out what Luke has described as a mute demon. This is not to say that the demon itself could not speak, but that it affected its captor by taking away his ability to speak. From this and from other places in scripture, we see that demons and the devil himself have immense power. They have the power to physically manipulate one's body and its capabilities. Usually they do so in a violent way. But here, he simple, the demons simply made the man mute. Such power they have. But today, in our day and age, demons don't usually use their power in this way, but rather use it in more subtle ways. In subtle ways, the devil and his angels work in mankind by intriguing their sinful nature to partake in sinful activity. In view of all this, demons absolutely love to dwell in the hearts of men making them sin and bringing them closer and closer with them to eternal doom. This is their mission, for they are restless creatures who know that they themselves are doomed because of God's punishment. So now they seek to take a human or two with them, for they hate the Lord and his creation. I bring these facts on demons before you to warn you, for they especially want you Notice what Jesus says in verses 24 through 26. I, that is the demon speaking, will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Jesus is depicting those who had the word of God, but lost it. People of such are worse off than when they started. We see an example of this in Jesus' accusation. You see, his opposition were those classic examples of Israel who had the Old Testament but lost it. Their statement, their state is so much worse than the original that they make silly accusations such as, he does this by Beelzebul. How ironic. You see, Beelzebul comes from two words, Baal, which is Baal, the Old Testament god or idol, and Zebul, which is the Lord of dwelling. That's what that means. But Jesus refers to Baal, as Satan, the one who wants to dwell in you. Why would Satan cast out the very demons that wish to dwell in the evil, heart, in evil hearts by his own bidding? So we see from this, Jesus literally cast out the Lord's enemy, and this is what the people had to say. How ridiculous. How horrid. Thus is the way of a heart that has been demon-infested sevenfold. Let us pray that we don't lose the word and become like those who have. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit daily reveal the truth of God's word. For this word shows us why we don't have seven demons in our hearts. In fact, it shows us why we don't even have one in our hearts. For the stronger has conquered the strong, and by the Lord's power does Jesus cast out the demons. He is the reason why Satan no longer dwells in our hearts. You see, Satan used to dwell there, and he guarded it like a fully armed soldier guards a keep. Put it more descriptively, like a knight guarding a castle, Satan, strong and fully armed, 
had his goods protected, nothing could drive him from our hearts. Nothing was strong enough. Sadly, some disagree and don't realize this. One may say to themselves, if I try hard enough to do good, then I'll be a good person worthy of salvation. Well, that's like trying to take a pebble, throwing it at a fully armed Satan. It won't work. Another may say, once I feel that I'm saved, that I feel the Holy Spirit burning in my heart and my emotions are up, then I know I'm fine. Well, that's like going from a different angle and trying to throw a pebble at Satan. It won't work. Even another may say, I'm the son or daughter of wonderful Christian parents or I have wonderful Christian brothers and sisters or my pastor is so great, that must mean I'm saved. Well, the Pharisees said the same thing, saying that because they're children of Abraham, they are saved. Well, that's like a small child saying to this armored knight, hey, this is my dad's house, give it back. To which the Satan says, make me. Nothing we humans could do was going to make the powerful and armed devil move from our hearts unless one stronger than him could conquer him. Jesus points out to the naysayers that forcing the demon to leave was certainly not the work of Beelzebul, but it was by the finger of God. Jesus himself is the stronger who came to conquer the strong. He demonstrated this glorious capability by casting out the mute demon. When Jesus cast out demons from the people, he showed his power over Satan and his evil angels. He did much more than that when he destroyed when he defeated Satan once and for all, when he died on the cross of Calvary. So when Satan occupied our hearts, Jesus laid siege to the fortress of Satan's control over us. And in this long, gruesome siege, he obeyed every law perfectly from birth to death. He did this all the way up to Holy Week, where he knew the end was near. Satan knew that too, and he fought desperately, tooth and nail, to stop Jesus on his goal to redeeming mankind. He tempted Jesus with the Jews. If you come down from the cross, then we'll believe you. He tried giving him an out with Pilate. I find no fault in this man. Satan even used one of Jesus' disciples. Far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. But Jesus took none of these. In his final hours on the cross of Calvary, Jesus defeated the devil. The stronger conquered the strong. He finished his work, he forgave all of our sins, and now the armor of Satan has been taken away by Jesus. Martin Luther summed it up rather well. One little word can fell Satan. Jesus cast Satan out of our hearts. He has divided the spoils. We are now his. He, Jesus is now the one who dwells in our hearts. So the devil has lost, and this is why he is trying to take as many people with him to hell as possible. He and his demons seek to corrupt human hearts, and they especially love to corrupt the hearts of those who had the word of God and lost it. The word, you see, is very important. It tells us of how Jesus conquered Satan by his powerful sacrifice on the cross. Jesus conquered Satan and kicked him out of our hearts by his power and by 
his wonderful word, which shows us why we don't have Satan dwelling in our hearts. Jesus did say, Blessed are they who hear the word of God, for the word of God is what creates the faith which clings to Jesus' sacrifice. But Jesus went on and said, Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. For one does not simply read God's word once and is set for an eternal lifetime. The word nourishes the soul daily. It is meant to daily remind us that Jesus Christ, the conqueror, dwells in our hearts. The, sh- the word showed us why we don't have one demon dwelling in our hearts. But it also keeps us from having seven others in our hearts. A heart with, with seven demons as opposed to one depicts the awful state of losing the word of God. The Apostle Peter put it well in his second epistle, which reads, For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. This is what happens when one has the word and loses it. Their spiritual state becomes far worse than the first. This happened back then and it happens now. Let, well, let me illustrate for you. Maybe some of you have had a friend or acquaintance who was a Christian, maybe even a staunch one at that. But after a while, they started to move further and further away from the word. They stopped coming to churches frequently and maybe even dodged the mention of it with smooth talk, frustrated debate, awkward silence, or whatever social device they can use to get around the question. Just one example, but this abandonment grows and grows, and finally, if you've ever seen this final step, they renounce God and his word. They start mocking him by saying, if God was so loving, then why would bad things happen? Then they may come to conclusions such as, he must not exist, or he must not be that powerful. If you have encountered this, then you know how bad it is. A heart with seven demons is truly awful. But it happens when the word is lost. Remember, Jesus Christ conquered Satan by his power and his word. His word tells us of what he has done, and it creates and sustains faith in hearts. If you see a friend struggling with their faith, show them the word. For it truly blesses those who hear it by bolstering their faith. It keeps the demons from ever coming back. Take this fact with you so that you may help not just those around you, but you yourself can be helped. Jesus conquered Satan and kicked him out of the house of our heart, yes. But how protected is our house? Do we look to God's word all the time? Or do we look for signs and ask and doubt his goodness? The more the guard is down, the more the demons look to re-enter. This is alarming, and it should be, but there is no need to fear, for we have before us God's word, which tells us of Jesus Christ who cast out demons by the finger of God. The word tells us 
of Jesus, the stronger man who conquered the strong man in our hearts by his death on Calvary. We have the scriptures which tell us the truths of Jesus, who is the one who keeps the demons back. His goodness is real. His word is sufficient. It tells us of his sacrifice. We are truly blessed. If you find a friend or yourself with troubling problems and struggling in your faith, take the word, take heart, for Jesus has conquered the devil. Well, our liturgy quotes it quite well. As Pastor said earlier, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. How true this is indeed. Afterwards, the congregation sings from the reference from John's gospel, these words are written that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. This is exactly what the word shows us. Jesus is the Son of God who went to Calvary in order that he may conquer the devil. So, the stronger has conquered the strong by his power and his word. With this we may say, blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.